Father God, we have been able to bring our offerings to you just now only because of your prior goodness to us. Everything that we have is a gift from you. These gifts are only, only a small proportion out of your huge bounty of goodness to us. Lord, just as we give this uh, specifically and directly into your service, we pray that all else that, that we maintain and that all else that we keep under our care, we would use for your glory too. Lord, we pray that in all things, we would live to honor you, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We're coming here to the end of our series, and I thought I'd I'd want to make this as practical and encouraging for us all as possible. So I'm going to to make an assumption. Um, I hope it's not uh, a misguided one. I'm going to assume that at least one or more of us in this room is struggling to enjoy reading our Bibles. If if that's the case, then what I say in the next 10 or 15 minutes uh, will be worthwhile because uh, we'll have have thought about that and encouraged each other. I I know that at least one person in this room struggles from time to time with reading their Bible, so I'm going to go ahead uh, fully confident in my assumption. I want us to be people who, who meet with God and hear Him in His Word and do this thing that we've been thinking about so far this evening, and that is to eat this book. So I'm just going to talk for a few minutes about some ways in which you might do that. I'm, I'll probably not blind you with science here. There's no, no particularly... Uh, astonishing things I'm going to say here, but but sometimes when you've lost your way, it's just good to be reminded of some of those things you could do or some of those ways in which you might read. And maybe one of them this evening will strike a chord with you and you'll, you'll, you'll leave with a renewed vision to meet God in His Word. Quite often, the simplest place to start is with somebody else's help, some sort of guidance, and there's a whole world of, of Bible reading notes. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time or have been around the church, you'll probably be aware of this. If I mention organizations like Scripture Union, the Good Book Company, Bible reading notes such as Every Day with Jesus or, or Daily Bread, you'll know what I'm talking about. There are little booklets available where a, a pretty short meditation is offered each day. Um, Folks, maybe you used those at some time in the past and you're not using them at the moment. Perhaps that's the place for you to start. I'm not going to say that it is because actually there's, there's a whole different range. But that might be the place for you to start uh, with the help of someone else uh, giving their guidance uh, on the Scriptures. Could, could I just put it to you? There's probably as many of those resources. I was, I was going to try and bring some along with me, and I realized I'd only be scratching the surface. Go into a Christian bookshop. The shelves will be full. Go onto the internet. You'll see the endless uh, range of options. I would offer you a couple of bits of advice. 
Choose wisely. They're not all equally good. Why, why give a chunk of your day every day to read average stuff when you could be reading the best? So if you're going to pursue this and find Bible reading notes, my advice would be don't sign up for a year straight away on the first thing you come across. Try a few different things. And when you're trying to evaluate them, I'd offer this as a wee bit of advice to you. Don't go for the Bible reading notes that do all the work for you. Whereas there's a passage of scripture, somebody says, well, there it is. There's a wee thought to keep you going through the day, a wee inspirational thought. Look instead for the, the, the notes where somebody takes scripture seriously, allows God's word to stand on its own terms, and asks you to really dwell on that. Uh, you, you'll understand that distinction, I think, if you see the, the kinds of notes that are available. The one, let me give you an advantage and a disadvantage in my mind of Bible reading notes. They're a great place to start if, if, you, feel, if you feel you just don't have any resources or capacity yourself. That's a great advantage of them. Nearly anybody can read the Bible in this way. I think a disadvantage of them is that they probably don't allow us to develop our own mature reading of Scripture. We're always passengers while somebody else is in the driving seat. Um, so, so bear in mind that limitation of Bible reading notes. I just want to, to show one set of notes to you. I know a lot of folks in the church here use uh, these ones. Um, Anne Livingston is our representative for the word for today. These are United Christian Broadcasters notes. They're made available to churches pretty much on a, on a free sort of a basis. So anybody who wants a copy can pick them up. Uh, a lot of members in our church have taken them. Uh, after trying them for a while, they've actually just subscribed to them and they're delivered to their own homes. So... If, if you wish, take something like this home with you. Anne reassures me that there's at least one copy still out there on the table, and there's also this copy up here, which I'm going to leave right here. So if you want to take this home with you, you're very welcome to do it. It's just one example of Bible reading notes that are available. I got to a point in my life where I fancied something different after using Bible reading notes for, for years, really. So I started to, to look out for writers who wrote um, sort of basic everyday commentaries or, or series of, of reflections and meditations on, on books of the Bible. So I, I think I would have used those uh, quite a lot over the last years and, and throughout my, my walk with God. I'll hold up what's one of the, the classic series. This, this orange color is well known to us. It's been around for decades um, the Bible Speaks Today. If you picked up, this is the message of Galatians by John Stott. So if you picked up this book and read it along with the book of Galatians, what you'd be invited to do is to read a passage and then you'd get a, a, a much more in-depth study of that part of God's Word. Quite often, the, the modern versions of these books are written with, with what they call study guides or, or questions that might help you to, to just reflect on, on the, the truth of God's word and how it works out in your life. 
So I've mentioned that the Bible speaks today. Another series, which is probably about five or six years old now and uh, must be nearly complete. I've lost track. It's Bishop Tom Wright, the Anglican bishop, um, who, who has a series called, it's really the Bible for everyone. So you, you know, each book of the New Testament He's been working his way through, so he'll have a a book called Matthew for Everyone. I think it's in two volumes, and then Mark for Everyone. So these are, again, they're they're biblical commentaries, but they're written to be very readable and very everyday. Tom Wright has a brain the size of a small continent, and he writes academic books. Unless you've got a pretty big appetite for that kind of thing, just beware of that stuff. It's, it's incredible, but very, very dense. But when you read these books, you get the benefit of all Tom Wright's intellect uh, with a, a much more everyday and very applied sort of writing. So I'd commend those to you as well. Um, that's Matthew for Everyone, Mark for Everyone uh, by, by Tom Wright. What you'll find as well is that Different writers would have books which aren't strictly speaking commentaries, but they're, they're about a book of the Bible or based on a book of the Bible. So, for example, I have one here, Traveling Light by Eugene Peterson. I read this book alongside commentaries when I was preparing to preach Galatians for you here. And it was a wonderful experience to read that. So somebody like Eugene Peterson, he's quite a few books which are really... I think they're probably sermon series, actually, somewhere way back. They're probably transcripts of preaching that he did on the book of Galatians at some point in his life, or certainly flow out of um, his, his teaching on Galatians somewhere along the line. So, so be aware that different authors, um, I'm thinking of guys like Don Carson. I've used Don Carson books to read alongside of Scripture, to, again, to be... Uh, encouraging me in that regard. Folks, you'll find there's a whole world, again, of of those kind of books and of those kinds of writers, Christian bookshops and the internet. Um, You'll find anything that you would need. Again, be experimental. Um, There's a range of quality of Christian writing. I think it is as broad as, as that. Some of it, I I think there's a lot of Christian writing that frankly is not good for you. It's just, it's distracting and I think often reductionist. It reduces the glory of God and the the dynamic nature of, of our relationship with him. But good Christian writing is just wonderfully encouraging. So I've mentioned two ways so far. Bible reading notes is a a very good introductory way in. Reading with a a commentary or some sort of a teaching series, it's a a bit of a a step on from that, a development. Last time I preached for you in this series or, or spoke in this series was just before I went on my holidays. We did an evening on Lectio Divina, and I'm trying to remember how many of you were here. You'll know if you were here. Better, better than I can remember. We talked there about a particular meditative way of reading Scripture. We talked about four movements that we can get into the habit of using 
with Scripture. The first one is that we read. The second one is that we meditate. The third one then is that we pray the thing that God has shown us in his word. And the fourth thing is we, we look to see how that can be lived out in our lives. We, we did, if you were here that evening, you'll know that we actually just tried doing that. We set aside some time, offered a few passages of scripture, uh, and had a go at meditating on God's word. We didn't read what a commentator was saying. Uh, we didn't read inspirational Bible notes. We simply allowed God's word to speak on its own terms and paid attention to it and listened for the voice of God. Folks, I'd encourage you, if you enjoyed doing that, choose a part of the Bible and do that. Don't worry if it takes a little bit of getting into it. It's a new thing. It's, it's going to take a little bit of practice. But I'd encourage you to, to practice doing that. I mentioned then, and I'll mention it again, well, a little bit of advice. I would encourage you to start in the Gospels. Start with one, choose a Gospel and say, right, I'm going to read it paragraph by paragraph, one per day. And I'm simply going to listen to what Jesus said or, or pay attention to the things that he did and allow the Spirit of God to impress that in my heart. It's as simple and as difficult as that. But choose a gospel. I think that would be a great place to start. I've, there's a, a book here that I mentioned. There's a series that Eugene Peterson has called Praying With. So it's Praying With Moses. Brings you through some of the books of Moses. But the one I've brought this evening is Praying With Jesus. So it simply goes through Matthew's gospel and John's gospel chunk by chunk for 365 days, meditating on what, what Jesus is saying and doing and how that might uh, apply to us. I'll leave that up here for you to have a look. The beauty of this book, if I, if I, if I put it in contrast, say, to Bible reading notes, a lot of Bible reading notes keep you not really thinking. The guys do all the thinking for you. I think if you used this book, the discipline of reflecting and meditating on God's word would become second nature to you because it's so beautifully done uh, by the writer here. So that's, that's something I'd commend to you, Lectio Divina. The last thing I want to mention is picking up on the piece of paper that you got at some point as you came in this evening. Did everybody get... Uh, reading the Bible in a year planner? No. Hands up if you didn't get one. Are there loads of people? One or two? Could somebody nip out and check if there were any left in the vestibule? And if so, there are none left. Sorry, I printed 50 of those and I've not had enough faith. If, if you don't have one, could you maybe get close to someone so that you can at least see one and see what it is I'm talking about here? Um, Otherwise, the next seven or eight minutes aren't going to make a whole lot of sense. I have produced a, a simple piece of paper. Some of you will be very familiar with this idea, and others of you may never have seen it before. But on that page, I have a series of dates and Bible readings that would bring a person who, who uses it through the Bible in a year. 
Now, there's a strong tradition of this in the church. One of the classic and most famous ones, Robert Murray McShane's. There's a a through the, the Bible in a year with Murray McShane. I don't know what this says about my personality that I had to write one of my own, but this is one that I wrote seven or eight years ago, I think. Um, I, I have had the chance to read through the Bible from cover to cover a number of times throughout my life. Um, I got a little frustrated with some of the planners I was using. They did, they did things that I found just inexplicable. You know, read the first, ham, the first half of Psalm 58. I mean, what English literature teacher would ever let you read half a poem? Give me a break, guys. I just, so th- a lot of these things were killing me. I just thought, I can't do this. Um, another thing that struck me was that I wanted, to, I wanted to read the Gospels a lot. So I sneaked the Gospels in twice a year. So that, you'll notice that. As you look at it, each of the Gospels you read twice a year on this planner. Another bit of stuff that I did was I tried to keep the Old Testament books pretty much in chronological order so that in, in my simple mind I'd have some sense of the, the narrative flow of the Old Testament. So a few decisions like that I made. don't need to explain them all to you, but this is the, the planner that I came up with. I haven't I hadn't been using it for years. I just happened to have it on my computer. And last year I was doing a bit of work with some fellas in our preaching team. And I read it. We were doing a bit of homework, reading something John Stott said. And he said, if you're a preacher, you need to be reading the Bible through all the time. You can't preach any part of the Bible unless you know the whole of the Bible. And of course he's right. So I immediately went home, printed out my planner, and got back, back to work. I've printed out 50 copies of it so that each one of you would have access to it. Earlier in the summer, after this service, uh, after one of our evening services, somebody came to me and said, Christoph, I'd I'd love to read the Bible in some sort of systematic way, and I don't know how to do it. And I said, well, listen, I don't know if this is any good, but I, I have this planner that I used to use. I'll send it out to you. I'm going to tell you quickly how I'm using it these days because if, if you take that flat, there could be a few misunderstandings. Here's a bit of advice from somebody who's tried to do this uh, for, for maybe a few years on and off. I actually do this knowing what this... This is, this is a good way to read the Bible, but only in one regard. The strength of this is you get to read the whole of the Bible, and that's great. The massive weakness of this is you might never take any time to reflect on God's word at all. Okay? So we've got to understand that. And I want you to be clear about the strengths and weaknesses of these different approaches. So what I've ended up doing over time is I've sort of, I've got a bit of a hybrid of of the two. I use my Bible planner, but I also do Lectio Divina. So what I do is I, I read my Bible planner, maybe it takes 15 minutes or so per day, but then I, I pay attention to which part of that along the way God really used to catch my eye. 
Quite often it'll be the gospel account or, or, or something in the psalm. And then I spend just a few minutes focusing in on that. So there are two things going on at once. I'm, I'm still in the, uh, I'm doing the broad brush. I'm, I'm reminding myself of the whole of God's word. But, but I, want to, I want to pay attention to those, those, one, those single thoughts that God is giving me. So that's, that's what I do. I think I told you when I was talking about the Lectio Divina, I use my diary with me whenever I'm reading. Because what I, I simply do is I, I write at the top of the page, you know, Psalm 71. I write down maybe the verse or, or even the idea that God has given me for that day and a prayer. Now, these prayers are one or two sentences long. It's simply the thing that I want to take with me into the day that God has shown me in his word. So that's, that's kind of how I would use a planner like this these days. I want to say a few things. If, if the idea of trying to read the Bible through, trying to read the Bible through, it's one of those things that's out there. It's a bit like running a marathon or, you know, completing a PhD. You sort of think, I could never do that. It sounds like a brilliant challenge, but I don't think I could do it. Well, maybe you're thinking, you know, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could try. Let me give you a wee bit of advice. Don't worry about missing a day. I think one of Satan's greatest uh, holds that he holds over us is guilt. Because what happens if I feel guilty about missing Monday is that actually I don't even want to think about God's word on, on Tuesday. There's, guilt makes you close down as a person. Guilt, I don't think, has, has any place. Um, we simply want to come before God and be in his presence. So don't, don't, ever, don't ever allow guilt to dominate your horizons when you're thinking about God's word. It'll never do you any good. Instead, try to enter into this and say, you know, this is something I, I love. I want to hear God's word. I want to get to know it. I want to eat this book. So if I miss a day, it's not something I feel guilty about. It's just something I want to make right the next day, um, if I possibly can. My advice for doing something like this is, if you've never read the Bible through before and you're trying it, on the first go around, the first year, try to do the whole thing. Try to read, at least skim read, even... The, the bits that aren't all that eye-catching. There are parts of the Bible, I don't mind saying it, that read a bit like a telephone directory. Okay? Have a look at them. Get a feel for what's going on. Ask yourself questions. Now, why is that list in there, that long list of names? Even if you can answer that question, you've, you've got that chapter, you've got that bit. So try not to, to skirt around it or miss any bits. Try to be comprehensive. But equally, once you've done this once or twice, I think you can find a bit of freedom in skimming over some sections because you know that the book of Numbers gives long lists of which tribe lived in which geographical part of the, the old kingdom. And, but, but, but you're beginning to get a sense of the whole of God's story and how it all works. Folks, I, 
I simply want to offer you that, send you home with that sheet of paper, and, and I want to put my hand on my heart and say in the recent months that I've been doing this again, I've met with God and heard his voice and known him speaking to me and fed on his word in ways that I wasn't doing before that. I don't know if that will be the same for you. I'm simply saying that that was my experience. Folks, I've done a a really daft thing, and that is I've stuck a sign-up sheet out there in the vestibule for anyone who wants to sign up to put their name in ink and say, I'm going to have a go at this. I'm going to have a go at reading the Bible. I thought, you know, why do we do all this stuff alone all the time? Why is it me and my house reading the Bible on my own? So I thought, well, if, you know, because of the conversations I've had, I've realized that some people want to do this. I thought, well, if more than a small handful of us want to do this, why don't we sign up so that we know that there are a few other people about the church who, who are interested in trying this. Not so that it becomes some sort of a, a guilt thing that we hound each other and torture each other, but rather so that we know that there's some company in, in what we're trying to do. And if I got a sense that a few people in the church were trying to do this and say that we had agreed on a particular planner, what I could do, for example, is look for ways of talking about that occasionally in church life Um, we could counsel each other through the book of Ezekiel, for example. Um, You know, we could could talk of the excitement that that maybe one of us has had or another as if they've heard God speak in a, a different place. I don't know about this. This feels entirely experimental to me, but the frame of mind I'm in these days, I don't seem to mind experimenting in church life, so forgive me. There's a sign-up sheet out there in the vestibule. You don't need to sign up tonight. It's going to be there for a while. If you fancy signing up and saying, yes, Christoph, I don't mind you knowing that I'm going to have a go at reading the Bible in a regular way, stick your name on it, um, and I, I might, might tap you on the shoulder sometime and ask you how it's going. Folks, I want to finish... We've, we've been inspired from God's word this evening. We've been given a, a very powerful, I think, metaphor to eat this book, to get the word of God inside of us, to where it, it nourishes us and, and forms character in us, to, to make us the people that we are. Folks, no amount of, no amount of good intention is going to make that happen. I hope you don't think that's a very cynical thing to say. I think it's just born out of experience, my own experience and probably yours. No matter how inspired you feel tonight or any other time to regularly read God's word, that intention and that moment of inspiration doesn't tend to get us very far. We've got to decide how we're going to do this. Throughout the history of the church, particularly in the the sort of monastic cultures of the church, A thing called a rule was very important. It's not a rule as we understand it, as in one rule, don't do this. A rule was actually a a whole framework, a whole structure. You may have heard, for example, of the rule of St. Benedict. So St. Benedict wrote a rule, and that was the the structure and the, the, 
how could I put it, almost like the constitution for his monastic communities. This was how they chose to live. I'm going to commend to you this evening that you have a rule. I'm not really going to tell you what it should be because I think you need to work that out for yourself. So the important thing is not exactly the shape or the form that your rule takes. For me and for you, the important thing is that we go forward into this year ahead with a rule. Making some decision about how we're going to open our lives to the Word of God. Some decision about how we're going to feed on God and and eat this book. Folks, that's the challenge I want to put before you. I don't want to tell you what to do or how to do it. But I am asking you to consider doing something. Making a decision, even a small one, to say, yes, I'm going I'm to take that, that Bible off the shelf again. I'm going to get it from there to here. I'm going to eat this book. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for all those times in the past when your word has, has been just a, a, a river of blessing into our lives. Lord, thank you for the times when we've, we've heard it preached and it's inspired us, where we've read a, a book and, and that meditation on your word has empowered us. Lord, thank you for the times when we've just had your word open in our lap and your spirit has, has made it alive to us. Lord, we don't want to live anymore without listening to you. We don't want to be undernourished and sickly and starved. We want to feed on you on this wonderful gift of your word. Lord, we pray that you would help us individually in our own homes and collectively as a community to become people who who are so open to you in your word, who know how to feed on you and receive all the blessing you would give to us. Lord, help us with this. We need your help. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.